thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. team and welcome back to the real food real today on the show we are again joined by kate callahan kate was first on the real food real in early 2015 um, and she's been a busy bee in the last year so we're going to catch up with her and find out what she's been up to and then we're going to dive into a fantastic topic what to eat during pregnancy hi kate and welcome back hi steph thanks so much for having me it's really cool to have you back on the show. I always love when our guests come back on so we can catch up on all their news. So you have been very busy in the last year. What's been going on in your world? I have been really busy. I wish I wasn't so busy. I'd like some more sleep. Not much of that has been happening. Um, but in the past year, I have had a baby who is almost one. She'll be one on Wednesday. Um, I have written a book which will be published in September. It's called Holistic Nutrition, um, Eat Well, Train Smart and Be Kind to Your Body for Women. Um, I have gone back to work part-time with clients and I'm also working on an eight-week e-course for healing hypothalamic amenorrhea. Oh, very cool because we spoke yeah. about your e-book originally um, and so is that a similar um, program like stemming from that e-book? Yeah, so it'll, it'll be based on the ebook, but a lot more extensive, and it'll be um, an eight-week course, not just to do whenever you want, but it'll be more guided with me, so people have more support and individualized help um, through those eight weeks, because I find that people get the ebook and they find it really useful, and some people take it and run with it and do really well, but most of the time people have questions still about their individual situation, so it's, it's to help expand on that. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure the program will provide fantastic accountability. It's great to buy an e-book, <laughs> but um, there's a lot of action that needs to happen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing um, your book, obviously. I have had a little sneak peek, which is very cool, um, and then the program. So we'll stay tuned for that. Thanks. Beautiful. All right, I'm really excited to dive into our topic today because, as I'm sure um, you're very aware, <laughs> There's lots of different information with regards to pregnancy nutrition um, and we're going to obviously separate fact from fiction. So I'd love you to start for us with um, the really key foods and nutrients and then obviously practical strategies as to how we can um, incorporate those through the different stages of pregnancy. Sure. Um, so when you're creating a, a mini human, when you're building a, a body inside of your body, you need pretty much everything, all of the nutrients, all vitamins and minerals, proteins, fats, carbohydrates, you need absolutely everything and you need more of it than you usually would. Um, key, key nutrients that have been um, established by the scientific literature that 
are essential to obtain, um, possibly from supplementation if you're not going to be getting them from food, but we'll talk about that as well. Um, a folate is one of them, and that's important to prevent neural tube defects in babies, um, such as spina bifida. And the other one is iodine, and that's important to prevent uh, any thyroid issues, uh, cretinism, um, growth retardation, um, dwarfism, things like that. Um, but these can be obtained by real food. So in terms of what, what you want to eat is everything all the time but whole food sources. <laughs> mm. um, so I like to focus on the superfoods. So ideal situation, um, one of the best superfoods that you can possibly get for pregnancy, which includes folate in it, is liver, and a lot of people I probably shouldn't jump straight into liver, should I? <laughs> <laughs> you scare them off. No, no, it's a very interesting food, I think, to talk about. So dive right in. <laughs> Bear with me. Sometimes when I say pate, people are, are more open to it. I totally um, agree, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's not the same food. <laughs> I guess when you add a whole bunch of butter and brandy, it makes it okay. Totally. Uh, mm. <laughs> so liver, chicken liver pate is amazing, amazing food for pregnancy, uh, for breastfeeding, for any time really, for fertility. It's a wonderful source of, of all B vitamins, of iron, and iron is really, really important during pregnancy because your blood volume actually doubles. So you do want to make sure that you're getting adequate iron-rich foods. Um, any iron deficiency later in pregnancy can cause complications with the birth um, and it can cause complications um, with the growth and de development of the baby. Um, interesting, I never had a problem with uh, iron my whole life, and I actually am a carrier of hemochromatosis gene, which means I possibly absorb too much iron. Right. Um, I ate liver throughout my pregnancy, and I ate red meat, and by I think it was about week 30, I still had low iron. So it's, it's really, really interesting what your body actually does and how much you, you need. Mm. Obviously, if you do have hemochromatosis, you'd need to get that checked regularly to make sure you're not in an over iron overload situation. Um, but liver is a wonderful way to keep those iron levels up. It's also a great source of uh, folate, as I mentioned, B12, B6, all of the B vitamins, choline, choline, which is wonderful for the brain development of babies, um, and vitamin A. So liver is probably most well-known for and demonized for its vitamin A content. Um, there's been a lot of scare tactics around about uh, vitamin A during pregnancy and vitamin A for babies, um, talking about vitamin A toxicity and how it can cause uh, growth retardation and um, brain damage in babies. Um, the what tends to happen with the media is things get blown out of proportion. Really? Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. I'm not saying go crazy on liver because yeah. there is such a thing as vitamin A toxicity. So you do need to be mindful of not having too much, especially during pregnancy and especially for babies. But when it comes to vitamin A, there's such a thing as too much, but there's also such a thing as not enough. Mm -hmm. And babies really, really do need vitamin A for their eye development for their immune function and for general fetal growth and development. Um, now, as I said, I had liver, homemade liver pate on a weekly basis um, and I've given my little girl 
pate. I've given her uh, liver, organic liver, raw, frozen, frozen and raw, and grated into egg yolks from about five and a half, six months. Yeah. Um, and she's doing pretty well. <laughs> she's a little bit crazy, but she's doing pretty well. <laughs> I think that's a really important point, though, because in no way are we saying, you know, sit down to a, a, an entire liver every day. We know how nutrient dense it is, which means that your portions can be a lot less frequent and quite small, which is, to be honest, good news for a lot of people because it is that food that particularly even in the real food movement, so say pregnancy aside for a second, it's not the first food that you start eating and pate <laughs> is not the first recipe that you start cooking, you know. Like for me, it was pretty much the last thing I did. Mm. I remember the first time I stupidly didn't start with chicken liver, which is a lot lot easier. Yeah. Um, it was full on. And the great news is, is you only need a small amount. Um, it's Isn't it 50 grams to get like... Yeah. To get 50% of all of your daily micronutrient requirements. Yeah, which is super cool. It's a tiny mm. amount. It is a tiny amount. It's like maybe half of your palm size, if yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So we've got to separate fat from friction when the media gets a little bit carried away or on their high horse about certain issues. I mean, we saw that quite a lot in 2015 with Pete Evans and co. Um, mm. So let's always be really mindful as to what volume we're talking about because, as you say, there's also some, some pretty significant problems that can stem from a vitamin A deficiency. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and when I say pate, it's important to note that this is homemade chicken liver pate from organic chicken livers, mm. not store-bought pate. Store-bought pate is one of those on the avoid lists. Um, it does carry a, a listeria risk. So always... Yes homemade fresh pate so eat it within two to three I'd say maybe well you're pregnant two days mm, yeah, if you're not beautiful. going to eat it freeze it and always eat it fresh definitely yeah, yeah great point so if you eat nothing else but liver obviously eat some more calories but you, you're, on the, <laughs> you're on the right track yeah and that's the thing like I think also with pregnancy nutrition there's this huge big almost like fear-mongering around oh my God, what do I need and so many calories and I can't have this. And But it can be quite simple, which is another reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you because as we continue to go through our key foods, we can see how it can be so well-rounded when we do focus on real food. Exactly, exactly. And don't get too caught up in the calories. Yes, you do need more mm. calories, so don't be restricting yourself. But listen to your body. Mm. When you're pregnant, you your body will really, really tell you what it needs and how much it needs. And if your role is to just listen and respond appropriately. Absolutely. Unless it's saying McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, I know. You've got to be careful with how far you take that be an intuitive eater, eater approach. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the next superfood I would recommend for pregnancy is eggs. Um, and they're kind of nature's multivitamins, so they contain over 13 essential essential nutrients. Um, they really, really are wonderful, and they're easy. Um, two to four eggs a day, um, especially the egg yolks. Again, they're a really good source of choline, which is important for the brain development of baby, um, and they're easy. Um, if you're in first trimester and you can't stand the thought of making things up or if you really feel like you've been hit by a bus, I was there, um, Boil up eggs in advance, 
So boil up six, six to eight eggs in advance or a few days worth, however many eggs you're going to be having in a day, and you can keep them in the fridge for a couple of days. Mm. Yeah, really easy sure. way. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, and you can hide them in things as well. <laughs> so you can always throw in an egg yolk into a smoothie. Um, try to go for organic free-range pasture-raised eggs if you're doing anything raw, um, ideally cooked as well, um, getting healthy healthy animals to get health. Um, oily fish is wonderful for pregnancy. Again, fish is a bit of an unknown during pregnancy with the, the mercury scares. Again, valid scares. Um, well, I don't like to say scares, sorry. Mm. But it's valid to be wary of mercury in fish. Um, so you should avoid high mercury fish such as uh, tuna, um, whale. I don't think anyone's going to be eating some whale or sharks and swordfish. But things like salmon, mackerel, herring, sardines, especially the smaller ones, sardines and herring and mackerel, anchovies, they're all great, great sources of DHA, which is an essential fatty acid. Um, it's important for baby's brain development. And it's also important, well, it helps to prevent baby brain. So if you've got sufficient DHA from having all this wonderful oily fish, then you'll have less chance of losing your mind. I will say less, not sleep, <laughs> because some days I have lost my mind. <laughs> to a certain extent, children will steal your brain. Um, so having oily fish a few times a week is a really good option. Um, if you're not going to be having oily fish at all, then I would recommend a good quality uh, fermented cod liver oil supplement, which is going to also give you vitamin A and vitamin D. Um, so being mindful if you're also having liver to not go overboard on the cod liver. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Um, what else? Vegetables. So we should have started with vegetables. <laughs> the obvious, but still, <laughs> let's go for it. Mm. So veggies, we all know that veggies are, are good for you. They're loaded with vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. Um, there's no limit. Eat the rainbow, cooked, raw, whatever you feel like, get a balance of them. Include some fat with your vegetables to help absorb the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K. And just go nuts. Mm. Have as many as you can. Be mindful that in your first trimester, you might not feel like vegetables. Mm. So before that feeling sets in, before any feelings of nausea or cravings or aversion set in, try and get as many vegetables in as you possibly can. Um, when the, if the aversion set in or the nausea set it, sets in, then you can hide your veggies. Hide, like, yeah. <laughs> pretend you're like a child. <laughs> Absolutely, preparing for the birth and what to feed the child post. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Hide them in things like smoothies, in um, meatloaf, anything. Frittatas, yeah, Frittatas. absolutely. Mm. Exactly, yeah. Um, and don't feel bad if you're not getting them in abundance in a few, week a few weeks of the first trimester. There will be hiccups along the way and that's okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first trimester is obviously the hardest for most women and I think it's just important to do your best. Mm -hmm. um, but there will be foods that you can't stand and that's okay because it's not forever. Exactly. And the baby will take what it needs. As long as your stores are adequate before falling pregnant um, and before this nausea kicks in, the baby will take what it needs and you'll suffer 
if your if your stores are not adequate, but the baby will get what it needs. Yeah. Um, veggies are also great for fiber, which is going to help to bulk your stool. Um, and constipation is really common in early pregnancy due to the hormones. Um, so getting those veggies can help move things along. And, of course, having adequate fat can also help to move things along. Um, and then fruit. Don't need to go crazy on fruit. Um, interesting, in my first trimester, I had a huge craving for oranges and kiwi fruits. So that was telling me that I needed a bit of vitamin C. Mm. I'm not even a, a big orange fan, but... Mm. Interesting. So seasonal fresh fruit is the best best to go for um, and just a couple of pieces a day, a couple of pieces a day, sorry. Um, don't go nuts. Uh, you don't want it to overtake vegetables yeah. because that's where you're going to get more vitamins and minerals from. But, yeah, a couple of pieces a day are fine. Um, again, have it with some sort of fat, nuts, nut butter, seeds, cheese, um, to help slow down the absorption of the sugars and to increase the absorption of the fat-soluble vitamins. Okay, fats. We've well, we spoken a little bit about fats. Um, do not go low fat. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> no, fats are really, really important for um, nourishing your baby's brain and organ development, and they'll also help to to nourish your body as well. Um, and I've found that including adequate fats and also uh, superfoods like bone broths and gelatin, um, it tends to support your skin as it stretches. And I do not have any stretch marks from pregnancy. I ate a lot of fat. And I'm not just saying that to show off. Um, <laughs> I truly put it down to having a lot of fats in my pregnancy and eating a real food diet. Um, I do have stretch marks from a younger age when I followed a low-fat diet and my weight did not fluctuate nearly as much as it did in pregnancy. That's um, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. From when I was maybe about 18, my weight might have fluctuated two kilos, if that. Mm. Um, but yeah, quite significant stretch marks from that minimal fluctuation, but none from a weight fluctuation of, I think I put on 16 kilos in the pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Really? And I think, I mean, the fats conversation is always important, but particularly because um, the the foods that you feel like, I mean, some women really just feel like they want to eat carbohydrates all the time. And as long as we're looking at whole food carbs the majority of the time, that's totally cool. But adding the fats is still important so that you're not hungry all day. We still want satiety so you don't go crazy chasing your appetite. But clearly the nutritional benefits of fats are really important while you're growing a mini human, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not comfortable eating, you know, coconut oil and more of those saturated fats, you can still go whole food form in olive oil and nuts and seeds and avocado. You don't need to go down the coconut oil route if you don't want to. I would encourage it, but you don't need to go down that route if you don't want to. Yeah, there's plenty of options. Mm. Exactly. Just don't choose the dodgy vegetable oils that are really, really highly processed and inflammatory on the body. Mm. Absolutely. Cheese is another good fat to have. Really, really good. Um, good cheese is a really good source of vitamin K2, which is important during pregnancy for um, appropriate calcium placement um, and supporting blood. I bet we have some listeners that are going to be very pleased with you right now because <laughs> cheese is one of those foods where people are really unsure. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it paleo? What's going on? <laughs> it, well, uh, it's, it's not 
quote unquote paleo if you follow that. But if you if you tolerate dairy, I would say some hard cheese, especially gouda, is absolutely fine. Avoiding soft cheeses during pregnancy, soft cheese and blue cheese, they're a no go. Um, but hard cheese is absolutely fine. Beautiful. I had a craving in my first trimester for hard cheese with anchovies on top. Oh wow, <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> I, mean, I ate some weird things when I was pregnant. <laughs> Um, fermented foods. Now, people have probably heard a lot about this, and I know you've had quite a few guests on your podcast speak about fermented foods, mm-hmm. Steph. Um, so people are probably already well aware that fermented foods are the bomb, um, really important for establishing or maintaining a healthy gut flora, so a balance of good and bad bacteria. Um, we used to think that the baby wouldn't get... Um, any bacteria until it either comes out through the vaginal canal and is exposed to mum's uh, flora in her vaginal canal or via C-section it's exposed to whatever bacteria it is in the, in the surgical room. But some research is actually showing that some gut bacteria can actually be transferred through the placenta to baby. So if you've got healthy gut bacteria during pregnancy, that's going to have a positive impact on your baby's gut bacteria as well and also help to establish healthy vaginal flora. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so important. I think that the whole seeding and and, um, I guess awareness of the difference between um, natural birth and C-section is becoming really quite popular I've seen the last year or so. But you know, obviously we don't always have control over that. There's a lot that we can do during pregnancy to set up our gut health and therefore our baby's gut health. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean that whole feeding business, is, there's all this research now that if you do know that you need to have a C-section, which is fine, they're life-saving, we're mm-hmm. lucky to have them, mm-hmm. um, you can uh, collect vaginal flora or vaginal discharge by in, inserting a, a surgical swab into your vagina and you can keep that look into it more because I'm not telling you specific to it but you can actually inoculate your baby once it's born via c-section by rubbing that uh, vaginal discharge and flora over its face so it does get that good bacteria yeah there's always a way yeah where very good. And what about some other gut health foods? Oh, there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds gross. But it's, it's... Yeah. Uh, so the gut health foods, I recommend uh, getting a combination. So um, sauerkraut, if you tolerate dairy and if you're keen on having it, some full fat yogurt or milk kefir. You can have water kefir, beet kvass, uh, kimchi. There's really no end to what you can, can ferment. Um, kombucha. That's okay to have during pregnancy if you've been having it before pregnancy. Um, kombucha is a fermented tea. It's a good source of probiotics, but it's also a wonderful detoxification support for your liver. Um, now, you don't want to be too gung-ho on anything detoxifying while you're pregnant because that can transfer through to the baby. Um, so if you haven't had it before pregnancy, probably steer clear of kombucha. If you have had it pre-pregnancy, 100 mils or so a day would be absolutely fine. Mm. Um, bone broths, I think we've spoken about the bone broths, so properly made sto- uh, stock, meat on the bone, really, really wonderful for nourishing your intestinal lining, your joints and your skin, um, and again, helps to support 
the growth of your skin and prevent stretch marks, hopefully. I'm not promising against stretch marks. <laughs> you, better, you better put your disclaimer in there, but certainly giving it a run um, as many strategies as possible. <laughs> exactly. Um, and now, as you said, Steph, the, the carbs, it's really common to get huge carb cravings, yeah. especially in first trimester. Um, and that's, that's absolutely fine. And there's ways to include carbs in using a real food approach. And the ones that I generally recommend would be starchy vegetables. So sweet potato, potato, parsnip. And no, potato is not, white potatoes are not the devil. They're just as good for you as sweet potato. They just have different nutritional compositions. Um, again, one of my favorites during first trimester was cooked and cooled white potatoes which actually provides a really good source of resistant starch for your gut um, with a big slab of butter. <laughs> I don't know if I had more butter or potato, but <laughs> yeah. it was good with a lot of salt. Um, and fruit, of course, is a good source of uh, carbs as well. Yeah. So feel free to have those um, and they, they should hit the spot. Yeah, absolutely. And always with a good serving of um grass-fed fats or um, when we're back talking about the fruit, some beautiful omega-3s just to really control that blood sugar and, and add some nutrient density to those foods. Definitely, definitely. And then finally I would say have protein. We didn't really go over the protein, but some good quality animal protein is best. So uh, humanely and appropriately raised uh, beef, uh, chicken, wild-caught fish, Anything that floats your boat, just ideally go for good quality grass-fed, preferably organic, um, appropriately raised, and having that a few times a day because everything in our body is made up of proteins. So you're going to need those. Your baby will need them. Um, and having those proteins when, when you feel like it. So again, first trimester, it's really common to go off protein-containing foods. Um, find a time in the day when you feel most well and have them then. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You've just got to make it work. I think what's been great about this conversation is they're all foods that everyone should be eating. So a lot of the um, strategies we can all start doing now and set up those behaviors so that for those that are going to be getting pregnant in the future or their, you know, their wives or partners, they've got those foundations in place so that it's not this huge change like you're starting to eat liver in the first <laughs> trimester, which is going to be more challenging than if you'd already found a way to really enjoy it, enjoy it now. That's a really good point, yeah. Mm. Start now because, yeah, the nausea and being turned off by certain foods, probably you're not going to go and be excited by liver. <laughs> so prepare it pre-pregnancy, freeze it, and then defrost it and eat it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's important. Like being prepared is going to make it a lot easier because there's going to be times where you're not going to feel like, you know, spinach and liver and whatever it might be. Um, but we know that the goal is to maximize our nutrient density. So just setting yourself up to make it really easy and having the freezer full of ideas um, is going to make your life a lot easier. Definitely. And, and in saying that, Steph, you actually reminded me, if you do have the motivation to in the third trimester or even second trimester, start prepping meals for after the birth because yes. you, you won't have time or the energy or the inclination to be making healthy meals. So stock your freezer absolutely full before you give birth. Yes. One of my um, very close friends who's a bit of a superstar in the kitchen 
they went and bought a new, like a separate <laughs> fridge and freezer <laughs> and she went nuts, absolutely nuts, and I could not have been more proud. I don't think she cooked for months when her little one oh. was born because she didn't have to. It was so cool. That's um, impressive. Yeah. That's really impressive. And Good lots of my recipes, so I was just beaming with pride. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so that's the ideal, but if if it doesn't turn out that way, if you're having a day where you do crave a bit of chocolate or you don't feel like eating vegetables or liver or sauerkraut, mm-hmm. that's okay, you know. Go and take a nap. <laughs> Look after yourself. And be really, really selfish during pregnancy, especially if this is your first pregnancy because once you've got that child, selfish times are minimal. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful message though, Kate. There's been a fantastic summary for us. I think there's been heaps of information and a really great place for people to start thinking about what foods they need to prioritise and what um, media crazy conversations we can avoid. Exactly. Start with real food and you can't go wrong. Yeah, I totally agree. Awesome to have you back on the show, Kate. Thanks for your time. Um, and we'll, we look forward to having you join us again when your book is released so we can chat more about that. That would be awesome. Yeah, and, of course, your e-course, which is coming later this year. Hopefully, hopefully in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, take your time. Obviously, your hands are very full with a one-year-old around your ankles, but uh, we look forward to staying in touch and seeing what's next in store for you. Thanks so much, Steph. Beautiful. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.